How to Play, Episode 31, Airlines Europe. Oh, okay. Uh, hi, everybody. This is me. This is Ryan. And I'm recording this here on October 2nd. And I wanted to let you know that I don't want you to listen to this episode. Well, all right, maybe you, you can if you want to, but there's a better way to get the content in this episode because Randall Rasmussen has put together already for you the video version of this episode. So if you're able to, you're in a situation where you can, stop listening to this, get on my website or find the link there at the Guild and view the awesome video version. He didn't just video camera parts of the board. There's puppetry, there's special effects, there's famous actresses. Okay, maybe no famous actresses. But the video is very well done, so I encourage you to check that out from our guild or from the website. If you really can't watch it, you're on a long car trip or something, well, I guess you're just stuck with listening to me. So here's the episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the How to Play podcast, coming to you from the How to Play studios in Buffalo, New York. This is your host, Ryan Sturm, and this podcast is about learning and teaching games. In each episode, I give an explanation of how to play a game, just as if I was sitting across the table from you and we were about to play the game together. This podcast is intended for use in learning about a game you may not know much about, learning how to play a game by yourself, or to serve as a model on how to explain the rules of this game or others. If you like the show, join and participate in our guild at BoardGameGeek. For more information about all the How to Play podcast episodes, the corresponding teaching guides, and the discussion forums, refer to the How to Play Geek list, for which you can find a link there at the Guild. You can also check out our website, www.howtoplaypodcast.com, where you can support the show with a PayPal donation, and I can be contacted at the Guild on BoardGameGeek or directly at my email address, howtoplaypodcast at msn.com. Now let's get to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the How to Play podcast. This is episode 31, and today we will be discussing the game Airlines Europe. This is your host, Ryan Sturm, and this episode was recorded on June 26th, 2011. And just so you're aware, um, I'm actually I'm recording this in an unusual place this morning. I'm about to take my summer trip out to Minnesota to visit my family. Uh, you know, I figured I would just record the introduction just to sort of get a head start on this episode, but uh, the plane doesn't appear to be moving. I, I don't know what the problem is. So if you hear any you know strange noises in the background, that's what's what's going on. Welcome aboard, everyone, for this flight from Buffalo to Minneapolis via Atlanta. My name is Captain Smiling Jack, and I'm wishing you all a pleasant flight. We'll be underway in just a few minutes. The cabin door appears not to be closing so we'll have a mechanic over here in just a jiffy and we'll be on our way oh well it appears i have a few more minutes so i i guess i'll just keep recording here hopefully this flight will leave in just a few minutes airlines europe was designed in 2011 by the great alan r moon this is the latest iteration in sort of an evolution of games by Mr. Moon. He started with Airlines way back in 1990, and this game has evolved over the years into several other great games. The most closely associated games with this game 
are the train game Union Pacific, which used the same concepts in 1999. And I've loved Union Pacific, and it's been out of print for quite some time. Union Pacific is in my top 20 games. It's just a wonderful game. And I was surprised just a few months ago to learn that this reworking of Union Pacific and airlines, I suppose, was about to finally pop out. You know, this reworking had been talked about for years and years, and I was starting to think it was a myth. But here in 2011, it has finally arrived, and it is wonderful. It takes what I loved about the game Union Pacific, streamlines it just a bit, and from 1990 with airlines to 21 years later with a lot of tinkering and evolution, we have this fantastic game that I believe is going to become a classic, Airlines Europe. So what's so great about this game? Well, it takes some of those concepts of Acquire, and I hope you listened to that a few episodes back. In Acquire, of course, you were getting stock in the different hotel chains and then trying to grow those hotel chains. This game takes that same sort of idea in that players are investing in different companies on the board and growing those companies, but adds just a few more decisions to make. There's decisions of timing, there's a little bit of geography involved as you are placing these planes on this map of Europe, but this game is very quick-paced and very tense as each turn you have to make a tough decision whether to build your companies or to invest more in companies. You have to decide whether to invest now or to wait till next turn when you have more resources. So they took some of those ideas and acquire and enhanced them with just a few more decisions to make, yet still maintaining the wonderful simplicity that acquire had. It's a very simple, quick-moving game, which with each turn you're just doing one thing. But what you do with that one thing is a very difficult and interesting decision. And 21 years in the making has made Airlines Europe a wonderful game. So I highly recommend it. Learn it here with me. Pick it up. And this is a game you're going to enjoy for years. You know, I usually do a who's it for segment where I talk about, you know, who this game would appeal to. I really think that this game has immense appeal. Whenever I bring it out, just about everybody enjoys this game. It has something for everybody, whether you like simple games or complex games, it fits that nice balance. It has enough theme to it that it doesn't feel completely dry, and the exciting gameplay keeps everybody involved throughout the game. It moves quickly, it has a a wonderful length of just about an hour, It is my scientific claim that 97% of people will enjoy Airlines Europe. That is an actual made-up statistic. Complexity rating. I will give Airlines Europe a blue square. Although this game has wide appeal, it does have some foreign concepts. One thing that may be unfamiliar to people who don't play a lot of games is the idea of not being one color on the board, of investing in multiple colors on the board. There are a few different choices on your turn, the way the scoring works with a few different elements. It's not a hard game to learn, but it is a bit different and takes a bit of getting used to for someone who hasn't played a lot of games. I think that this is the ideal next step after you teach someone to play the game Acquire. They'll take to the idea of this game quite quickly. Airlines Europe plays with between two and five players. I personally feel it's best with four or five, But it actually works with the smaller player numbers. But if you're getting this, you really ideally want to be playing it with the higher player count of four or five. 
Though there are elements in the game in order to make it scale better for playing without the full complement of players, and we'll talk about that at the end. But without further ado, let's get into the explanation of this great game, Airlines Europe. And finally, I always recommend to have the game right there in front of you, or at least some pictures there of what the board and components look like to help you understand the game. Alright, well, I should probably put this microphone away and I'll record the rest when I get to Minnesota. You know, it seems like this, this flight should be taking off any minute now. Uh... Hi everyone, this is your captain again, Captain Smiling Jack. It appears that our door mechanic is on his lunch break, and due to union regulations, we can't require him to come over right this minute. In fact, I hear that he has a delicious chicken salad sandwich, and if there's one thing you don't want to interrupt, it's a chicken salad sandwich. So after he completes that, uh, that lunch, we'll be underway. Thank you for your patience. Uh, well, it looks like I have a few more minutes, so... Uh... I might as well get started and, and let's do the hook. Part 1. The Hook. What the game is about. Welcome to Airlines Europe. You are a European investor at the dawn of passenger airline travel, seeking to make your fortune investing in the various budding new airline companies sprouting all across the continent. In this game, you are not one airline company or represented by just one color on the board. You are an investor who will be a part owner in several of the 10 companies in the game, represented by 10 different colors of airplanes. On your turn, you can choose one of four different actions. The heart of the game, though, is in just two of these actions, either buying planes or playing shares of stock. The most common action players do on their turn is to buy one or two planes and placing them on the board for one of the ten different companies, growing that airline company's network. The reason that players want to add more planes to those companies is that it makes them more valuable. And if they have stock in that company, then in scoring rounds, those companies will score them more victory points. The value of all ten companies is shown on a track on the board. And every time a player adds a plane to an airline company, that company's value marker moves up on that track. For example, if I buy a green plane and then I place that on the map, the value marker for the green company goes up, making that company worth more points when we get to a scoring round. The final benefit of adding planes to the board is after you add the planes to the board, you are then allowed to draw one share card from the available choices and add it to your hand. The second critical action in the game is investing in particular companies by laying share cards. Because in order for me to score the highest value of points for that green company that I've been playing green planes for, I have to have the most green share cards played face up in front of me. So if you invest a lot of time building up a particular company, then you also need to take the time to pick up and play share cards of that company's color. Or another player could swoop in, play some of those green shares, and steal some points from you from that green company that you've spent so much time building. So those are the two most common actions players will do on their turns. They'll either buy planes and then draw a share card, or they'll lay share cards down on the table. The deck of share cards is the timer for the game. Remember how I said that one share card is picked up every time a player adds planes to the board. 
There's this large deck of share cards. About a third, two-thirds, and almost at the bottom are these scoring cards. And when a scoring card is revealed, the game pauses. And each company then awards victory points for who has shares in that company based on the amount of shares they have compared to the other players. We would look at the company value track, and on that value track, there are bands that show the number of victory points each company scores based on its value. The company's score for first, second, third, fourth place, even fifth place if you get it high enough. And the more planes a company has played, the more points it will score. So you'll go through all the 10 companies and score points. Each player will have shares in multiple companies and will usually score at least a few points for every company that they own shares. So this game is all about having share cards in the most valuable companies by the end of the game. Either by building up those companies yourself or by letting the other players build up those companies for you. After that third scoring card is revealed and scored, the player with the most points is the winner of the game. Alright, I'm going to pack up my laptop, this microphone. Uh, we should be just about ready to... Hello, once again, this is, this is Captain Smiling Jack, and we've got that door fixed, we got the door closed, we're ready to go. Uh, now we're just going to go over to the de-icing station. I know it's, uh, it's July, but airport regulations state that wings must be de-iced before all flights. So we're just we're just going to head over to that de-icing station and we'll be on our way momentarily. So just uh, sit back and enjoy the pleasant atmosphere. Are you serious? Oh my gosh. All right, I got everything set up. Let's just move on to the meat. Ma'am, you don't mind if I keep doing this, do you? Oh, not at all. It's it's quite interesting. I've never heard of a game like this. Is this like Monopoly? Yes. Yes, it's just like Monopoly. Part 2. The Meat. How to play the game. Okay, so let's get into some details. I mentioned there are four different actions for you to choose from. I talked a bit about two of them. Let's get some more details of those two and talk about the other two possible options. The game comes with these nice little player aid cards, and if you look at those, it shows you the four possible actions listed as A, B, C, or D. You will do one of those four options, and that is your turn. Let's start with action A. You can see there, action A is lay planes and draw a stock card. You can buy one or two planes, and then you get to draw a stock. Now, when you buy the planes, how much do they cost? When you look at the map, the map shows a network of connected cities. The cities are represented by dots, and there are lines connecting those cities with two or three numbered circles in between each city. Let's stay with that green company. If I wanted to grow that green company, the green company starts at Stockholm. So I could play any of those routes from Stockholm that are connected to another city. I may, for example, go from Stockholm to Berlin. To do that, I'll buy a plane and place it in one of the numbered circles connecting Stockholm and Berlin. There are two numbers there, a 4 and a 6. That means the first person who makes that connection, their plane only costs $4. The next company that wants to make that connection will have to pay $6. You always must take the cheapest available numbered circle. So I would buy that connection for $4. And when I do that, the value of the green company automatically goes up by the cost of that plane. The green company has a starting value of 7 on the value track. 
I bought a plane for four, and that will move it up four spaces on the company value track, which is good for me because I've got green shares in my hand that I plan on playing soon. Now I could either stop my action there, or I could continue and buy another plane connecting Berlin and Vienna. Since my green company is now into Berlin, I can continue my network. The cheapest one there cost $3, I'd spend another $3, move the green company up on the track three more. Playing a second plane is optional. The reasons you may not want to play a second plane are that you may simply not have enough money. But the other more important reason is that playing planes is the only way to be able to draw more stock cards. And whether or not you play one plane or two planes, you only get to draw one stock card. So if I play two planes and use up those resources, I only get to draw one stock card. Whereas if I wait over two turns and place those planes, I'll be able to draw two stock cards. And stock cards are a valuable resource. Some further rules about playing those planes. Of course, you must build the network of that company. Each of the companies has a starting city, and you must build planes off of that starting city. And to continue building another plane, you must extend its route either again back from the starting city, for example, I could branch out again from Stockholm with that green company, or from a new city that that green company is now connected in. Since I connected into Berlin, I can now leave from any of the routes that are connected to Berlin. I'm allowed to buy planes for any company. If I wanted to buy planes for the white company, even though I don't have any white stock in my hand or down, I am allowed to do that. I could split companies that I play planes for. I could play a, a green plane and a white plane during my turn. You must buy the cheapest available route. You're not allowed to buy the expensive route, even though you may want to, to make your company more valuable. That's not allowed. Though usually, if you look at your different branches, you may be able to find a different branch that's more expensive to increase your value more. The numbered circles, the number of routes, are limited, and it is possible to get blocked out of going a certain direction. If all the numbered circles are gone, you obviously can't go that way. Also, the number of planes for each company is limited. If a company runs out of planes, it can no longer grow anymore. So that's how you place planes. You choose a route adjacent to the starting city or adjacent to a city that that company is now in. You pay the cost, you increase the value of that company, and then you draw a stock card as your reward for building one of those companies. There is a deck of stock cards, and there are five face up for you to choose from. You can look at those five face up. You may either choose one of the face up ones, or if you like, you can take the top card of the deck if you don't like any of those choices. After you take a share card, if you chose one of the face up ones, one is flipped over so that there are always five face up share cards from which to choose. And that is action A. Buy one or two planes, draw a stock card. Action B, playing share cards. At the beginning of the game, you will be dealt eight share cards. You will look at those eight share cards and all the players simultaneously, yes, simultaneously, will select two different cards as their starting stock. And this is something I just learned, they must be different. They cannot be the same color. And so the players will all choose two. They'll flip those up, face up. And so everyone will know the starting companies that the different players are invested in. Then all the players will have six cards in their hand. And when cards are in your hand, they don't count yet. 
In order to make those cards count, you have to spend an action playing the shares to what's called your portfolio, which is the shares that are face up in front of you. Those are the cards that will count when we get to the scoring. There are two different ways to play share cards. You can either play all your shares of one color. Say I had three green. I could play all three green face up. The other option is to lay any two shares you want. So if you really have two shares of two different colors that you want to play, that's the way to do that. Ideally, it's nice to play three or even four of the same color all at once as you're being more efficient. After you play shares, you get money for laying down shares. This is one of only two ways to get more money in the game. For each share you played, you're going to get $2 from the bank. So usually you're going to get 4 or 6 or maybe even $8 for playing 2, 3, or 4 shares respectively. And that will give you more cash for playing more planes on the board. And laying down shares is important before those scoring cards flip up. A lot of times that first scoring card sneaks up on people. It's about a third of the way through the deck because when that pops up, You'll score all the airlines based on who has the most of the shares face up in front of them for each company. So that is action B. Play all your shares of one color or two different shares and get two bucks per share. Now let's get into the two actions that we haven't talked about yet. Action C. Acquire Abacus shares. Air Abacus is a separate but important part of the game. All the other companies have to increase their value through plain planes. Well, Air Abacus represents this gigantic airline company that is growing and taking over and monopolizing air travel in Europe. This company is going to increase in value over the three scoring cards. With the first scoring, it's worth a combined seven victory points. The second scoring, it's worth a combined 15 victory points. And after the third scoring, Air Abacus gives away a total of 31 victory points, adding up all the places from first to fifth place. So getting shares in Air Abacus is usually a good idea because you know it's going to be worth a certain amount of points, and it has the potential to get you a lot of points if you get the most of these shares. Getting the Air Abacus shares works a little bit differently. They are not available from the share deck. In order to get the Air Abacus shares, you need to discard the shares that you have to get them. You can either discard cards that are currently in your hand, not in play, and this is usually what people do, but you're also able to discard shares that you've already played face up in your portfolio. And sometimes this can be a good move. If you have a brown share sitting there and everyone else in the world has brown shares, you might say, oh, that's not really doing anything for me, and discard that to help you get some more of that air abacus. So you have two options when doing action C. You can either discard just one card from your hand or portfolio to get one of the air abacus that are in a separate stack, or you can discard three cards from your hand and or portfolio to get two air abacus stock. Now you pay for it a little bit in the ratio. You're paying one and a half cards when you do that trade, but you make up for that in efficiency. It only takes you one turn to do it. So that's sort of a tough choice, whether you go one for one or you make that sacrifice and get rid of three to get just two. Now when you get them, those Air Abacus stock then go in your hand. The Air Abacus stock have red backs, so it's public information how many of those you're holding in your hand. They're also not yet in your portfolio, so on a future turn, you will have to play those stock. They're all considered the same color, so if you wanted to build up a bunch of Air Abacus and play those all at once, that would probably be a good move. 
But keep in mind, in order to get Air Abacus stock, it's at least a two-turn process. As on one turn, you're going to have to take action C to get some of the Air Abacus stock, and then on a future turn, you're going to have to play the stock. But that is action C. Discard in order to get Air Abacus stock. Finally, action D is the simplest, and that is simply just to take $8 from the bank. You're going to try to get a lot of your money, $2 per share, from action B when you play stocks, but a lot of times this just isn't going to be enough so that you have enough money to keep building. So you're probably at some point going to have to at least once take this action of just say, all right, I'm going to take $8 so that next turn I have more planes. And that's it. Those are the four actions. Action A, play one or two planes, then draw one share card. Action B, play stock from your hand into your portfolio, either all of one color or two different stock, and get $2 per stock. Action C, discard cards from hand or portfolio to get air abacus stock, one for one or three for two. And action D, take $8. So on your turn, you will do just one of those, and then it will be the next player's turn. And so play will cycle quite quickly around the table. So there we go. Those are the four actions. I'm going to pack up my computer. It looks like they're talking. It looks like they may be ready to go. So I'm going to get off on my trip now. Uh All right, we got those wings de-iced, and we are ready. We'll be heading out on the jetway, proceeding for takeoff. Unfortunately... We will need to stop because directly in front of me, there is a family of duckies and they are adorable. There must be at least seven or eight with their soft, fluffy yellow fur and oh my goodness, if you could see them. And I can only imagine they're probably making cute little quacking sounds like quack, 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 quack. So we're just going to have to wait. Uh, they don't appear to be moving very fast. One, oh... Oh, isn't that cute? One of the duckies has a bit of a baby ducky limp, so it might be just a few minutes, so thank you so much for your patience. We'll be off in just a few minutes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I was hoping we would be getting going. Uh, I guess I'm just going to finish up here and talk about the different companies and, and the bonus markers and uh, the end of round and end of game scoring. So Sonny, are you going to eat those peanuts? No, no, I'm not going to eat those peanuts. Ooh, honey roasted. All right, let's talk a little bit about the different companies in the game. There are 10 different companies. Yellow, blue, purple, red, black, brown, green, orange, gray, white. Each of these companies is just a little bit different. And if you flip over your player aid, you'll see what the difference is. This is also represented by the number on the card. For example, the yellow company has a 16 on it, and the white has a 7 on it. This represents the potential size of that company. The number means two things. How many shares there are of that company in the share deck, and how many planes that company has available. So the yellow company has a lot of planes. You could build it up very large, but it's also easier to get stock in. So the players might fight more for it and, or play more of those stocks since there are so many yellow stock in the deck. And vice versa, the opposite is true with the white company. You probably won't have as many people involved in that since there's only seven cards in the deck, but at the same time, there's only seven planes to work with. I should mention that the Air Abacus stock, there's a limit of 20 of those. Now, the four smallest companies, the green, orange, gray, and white companies, are the smallest companies in the game. 
but they have a special bonus connection marker on the board. Remember those companies have a starting city. The smallest four companies also have a destination city where they want their planes to reach. Those destinations are two to four links away. And if that company manages to get to their destination, they get a value bonus marked on the bonus marker. And these bonuses are between six and nine. So a significant jump up. So be aware of that if you have the green, orange, gray, or white company, you're able to get it to that marker, then the marker comes off the board, and that company immediately gets that one-time bonus. Finally, let's talk about the scoring. As I mentioned, there are three scoring cards in the deck, about a third of the way through, about two-thirds of the way through, and on the bottom 11 cards of the deck. After every turn that someone adds planes, they're going to draw one stock card, and you'll flip up a new stock card. If that stock card is a scoring card, then the game is paused while we score. Give the scoring card to the person who flipped it up so that we know whose turn it is when we're all done with scoring. The first thing that happens is the five available stock cards, players get an opportunity to get a free stock in their hand when a scoring is triggered. What this allows for is for the five cards there to flush on the board because sometimes they get a bit stagnant. So what happens is the player whose turn it will be after the scoring will get first choice of those five face-up cards. You'll go around the table and each person will pick one of the face-up cards before you will do the scoring. If you're playing with less than five players, the other scoring cards will just go away, and you'll flip five new stock cards. Then you'll begin scoring. Scoring works very simply. Just go on your value marker track and go down the line through all ten companies. The value marker track is divided into bands, and each of those bands tells you how many victory points that that company is going to score. So say our green company managed to get to the value number 23. That is in the band marked with a placard 63210. That means the person with the most shares of that company will get six, second most three, third most two, fourth most one, and fifth most zero. So if I had the most green shares, I would get six points. If there is a tie, then you would take those two places, add them, divide, and round up. For example, if my neighbor and myself both had two green shares, First and second place are six and three. Six plus three is nine. Divided by two is four and a half. We round it up to five. We would both get five points. And then say another player maybe had one share of the green stock, they would get third for two points. The other players had no green stock. So even though there's a fourth place there, you don't get any points if you don't have any shares in the company. So usually I just go through from the company that's valued the most all the way down to the company that's valued the least to make sure that you score all 10 companies. Finally, you go ahead and score Air Abacus. Players compare how much they have, and in the first round, the scoring, it's marked there on the board on a nice clipboard. As you can see in the first round, the scoring for that is 4, 2, 1, and 0 for first through fourth place respectively. You would score that and then you'll be ready to continue the second round. The player who has that scoring card will start again by either adding planes, playing stock, getting air abacus stock, or taking $8, and the game will continue till we get to that second scoring card, and so on. Then after that third scoring card comes up, which is in the bottom 11 cards of the stock deck, and you tally up the points, it is good to know that victory points, you can keep them hidden. They have a back, 
so you don't know if you have 1s, 5s, or 10s. Keep them hidden through the first and the second scoring. When you get to that third scoring, it doesn't really matter anymore. You can flip them all face up. You can add those all up. And the player who's earned the most victory points is the winner of the game. Now, if you'll excuse me, I believe my flight will be taking off. Okay, so we have requested permission to take off. I have contacted flight control. Unfortunately, the head of flight control is my ex-wife, and she despises Captain Smiling Jack. So, uh, you know, usually this takes just a few minutes as she allows every other plane to take off before us. So we may be here just a bit longer due to the bitterness of the most evil woman on Earth. On a more positive note, those of you on the right side of the plane will have an extraordinary view of a cuddly, wonderful family of baby duckies. We'll be underway in just a few minutes. Thank you for your patience. I, um, I guess my flight will not be taking off, so, uh, so maybe we can talk some strategy. Oh, oh, Sonny, are you going to take that guitar out again? I, I just love it when you play that guitar music. Oh, oh thanks, ma'am. Uh, here we go. What was the first chord? I think it's a D. Part 3. The Hamster. How to win the game. So as I mentioned way back in the hook, when I thought I was going to be leaving on my flight very shortly, which appears to be not the case, the goal of this game is very simple. Get stock down in the companies that are worth the most by the end of the game. So you can do that one of two ways. You can sort of build some of them up yourself, or you can just see what other players have built up and get stock in those companies and play them. One thing I've learned from playing this game, as well as its sister game, Union Pacific, is that it's almost impossible to win if you're doing all of your own work. If you're just going to try to play your own game and get green stock and play a lot of green planes and then get purple stock and play a lot of purple planes, you're probably going to lose because you just don't have enough turns to keep up with everybody else. You need to diversify. This game's a lot about, it's not just about getting the first place points, but getting a lot of second place and third place points. So pay attention to the stock shares on the board and look for opportunities to snag up those second and third places. The winner is not the person who gets the most first places, but the overall points. So, also think about working together with a few other players on companies to mutual benefit. Next, a very important consideration is how much investment you want to put into Air Abacus. The three first places for Air Abacus over the three scoring rounds are 4, then 8, then 16. So if you add that up, that is 28 victory points. In a game where a winning score is somewhere around 100, 28 points is a lot. So the thing is, if, if you can get that cheaply, you're probably going to win. If you're able to maintain first place with just three or four shares and nobody fights you for it, you'll probably win the game. So if you can do that, more power to you. But realize that if another player is doing that and they're getting it cheaply, a few of you are really going to have to make them fight for that. And if you don't, you're going to pretty much forfeit the game to that. So most of the players need to be involved in that air abacus fight because it can be overwhelmingly strong 
if it is not contested. A lot of times people get involved early in that game. That first third of the game happens quick, and so no one gets that first air abacus to get the cheap four points. The first scoring happens quickly, and if you want to snag those air abacuses, it can be a good thing to do, remembering it's a two-turn process to get it down before that first scoring flips up. Remember, you can discard cards that you've played if they're not going to help you at all, and that can be a good jump because you're going to run out of stock cards of a way to get more of those air abacus. One more sneaky trick with Air Abacus. Remember, there's only 20 shares of Air Abacus. If you want to run those down so that other people can't beat you with Air Abacus, you are allowed to discard Air Abacus shares to get more Air Abacus shares. A sneaky trick to dry up the supply of Air Abacus stock. You know my famous strategy advice, do what the other players aren't doing. It doesn't really work in this game. I hate to say it, but this game a lot of times breaks that rule because you can't really say, ooh, no one's going after white. I'm going to go after white and do it all on my own. And if you do that, that's kind of a loser strategy. This game, really the opposite can be true. A lot of times in this game, you want to do what the other players are doing. This Air Abacus, though, does lend itself to that. If not a lot of people are going for Air Abacus, you need to jump on that. And the opposite of that is true. If all other four players get involved in an Air Abacus fight, you may just want to stay out of it completely because it can be a real time investment to sink two or three turns or four turns into getting those Air Abacus shares down on the board. Finally, carefully manage your resources. This game, the nice thing about the way the turns work, it's really neat how Alan Moon set up this cycle of trying to have continuous cash flow. The game forces you to place shares from your hand as an efficient way to get more money without spending a turn just taking cash. So I I think that's pretty clever. You have to sort of reveal your intentions by dropping those shares down. But by doing that, you can sort of keep a cycle to keep enough money to keep afloat. Play shares, lay some planes. Play shares, lay some planes. At some point, you probably will have to take that action to take $8. But if you're careful about when you play your shares, that can prevent you from having to take that action too often. As sometimes it can feel like sort of a wasted action. One thing that new players sort of don't catch on to for a little bit is that in order to take a share card, if you're waiting for a share card to pop up to get the majority in a share, you need to have at least $3 cash in hand. If you don't have $3 cash, you're not going to be able to play a plane, so you're not going to be able to pick up a share card. So if you're waiting for a share card to pop up, keep in mind you need to have some money in the bank to be able to snag that when it pops up. Not only is your cash a resource, but also your hand of shares are a resource. And so you have to use them wisely of knowing you know, when to discard shares to get those air abacus, when to lay down shares or when to build up so you can sort of play multiple shares at once. Manipulating when to use those shares and when to drop down those shares is an important decision in the game. And not only do you need to manage your resources, but timing is a critical element in this game. One of the really interesting decisions is whether to play just one plane or two planes when you add planes to the board. A lot of times players will play just one plane when we talk about managing your shares. If you play two planes a lot of the times, once you blow all the shares in your hand, there's not a great way to get them back. 
So that's why a lot of times players will play one plane so they draw one share. Now there is a timing element there. If you think that a scoring round is coming up, then it may be the time to drop two on a turn. Or if dropping two is going to get you to that bonus marker, do it. I think I could say generally that this is a hallmark of what makes Alan Moon's game so great, is that he forces you to make some difficult decisions on timing. Each turn, you can just take one simple action, but what to take. And that timing element is what makes Airlines Europe such a great game. Speaking of timing, um, I really would like to get off this plane. I'm hoping at any... Hello, everyone. Uh, this is your captain, and we have been cleared for takeoff. And we will be doing that right after we refuel. We have used quite a bit of fuel. Um, waiting here on the jetway so we'll get the fuel tanker over here also we are required by airport regulations to give you the safety presentation within 15 minutes of takeoff time so for your pleasure our flight attendants will give an encore presentation demonstrating how to put on a seat belt and what to do with those safety masks just in case you forgot then following that barring any interruptions by duckies or a horrible, horrible women who ruined your life and left you in pieces with nothing left to comfort you but the occasional glimpse of baby duckies. Thank you so much for flying HTP Airlines. Oh, for the love of Pete. Well, I think maybe we have some minor rules here we can still talk about. Part 4. Footnotes. Okay, so just a few footnotes here. As I stated, players are going to get eight cards, and then they simultaneously select two of those cards, place them face down, and then when everybody's ready, you flip them face up. One thing I just learned from a reread of the rulebook is those shares must be different colors. So make sure to clearly state that. You can't put two of the same color down. The hardest part of playing Airlines Europe is setting up the share card deck because as I said there is directions for how to put the scoring cards in there so that they are cleverly distributed randomly about a third of the way two-thirds of the way and about the bottom of the deck reading those few paragraphs and comprehending them is about as enjoyable an experience as trying to get through a security checkpoint at your local airport in that it seems far more complicated than it actually needs to be but it does serve its purpose in getting those scoring cards in generally the right area so they're not too close together it just seems like there should be a better way for the purposes of my sanity i will not be paraphrasing those directions so good luck with that. Uh, you're going to read those and, and uh, follow those very interesting instructions. How to get those cards spread equally throughout the deck. One thing I always mess up, I did this on Alhambra too, is make sure you deal out all of the starting cards before you set up the scoring cards. You need to deal out the first five cards, give everybody eight cards, and then you follow the 47 pages of instructions to get those three scoring cards in there. Earlier incarnations of the game, you just sort of shuffle them in there, and then you could have one scoring happen right after another, which is kind of annoying. I think there's an alternate rule if you want to play that way for a bit more random scoring. Another thing that is important to note is if you are playing with five, you use all of the companies. If you're playing with four, three, or two, you take out some of the companies. 
and that is shown on the back of your player aid which companies are removed with little families with red X's through them which is an interesting symbol then there's a silly rule about if the bank goes bankrupt it will never happen your bank will never go bankrupt it says you need to have a certain amount of money in the bank no you don't the only way your bank will go bankrupt is if you're playing with a jerk or multiple jerks who decides not to play the game and just pick up eight dollars every turn this rule then makes that player lose all that money if you run out of money so it's overall just kind of silly that that rule even need to be printed in the rule book my suggestion is if you're playing with a guy who plays this way you instead just not invite him over next week. So don't even worry about that bank bankruptcy. Don't even explain it to the people that you're teaching the game to. It just doesn't matter. Speaking of the money, the game comes with yucky paper money. I recommend you use some nice poker chips. I guess if you wanted to play with closed money, which for this light of a game i don't know if it really makes that much difference open or closed i could see how some people might like to play with closed money so in that case you you might prefer the paper money the final footnote is the tiebreaker if there is an equal amount of points tiebreaker is who has the most abacus shares money left over means nothing and finally i like to talk about these alternate rules when they do uh two-player versions this game initially stated as two players. When I saw it, it was marked as two players. I thought there's no way that that could work. That seems absolutely stupid. But I sat down and gave it a try, and you know what? It's not terrible. In fact, it's kind of fun. The way the game makes it work is that there's a dummy player, and essentially any shares not taken end up into this stock for the dummy player. For the first and second scoring, you're just competing against your opponent. But at the final scoring, the end scoring, any shares, all the shares left over that are discarded in the deck, any extra shares, and remember you're playing with a lot less companies, those count for the dummy player. And it actually works out pretty evenly, so you have three sets of shares to look at and see who gets first, second, and third place. It works out okay. It doesn't quite work, I don't think, with the air abacus. Unless both of you take a ton of air abacus, the dummy player is going to steal the air abacus points. But I suppose that's not terrible since it's so many points. But it kind of just doesn't work with that one element. But it is okay with two players, so uh, don't be afraid to give it a shot. All right, that's all I've got to say about Airlines Europe. I find it really fascinating, the evolution that this game has taken. And I think that Jeff and I should discuss... Uh, what's happened to this game and just look at the differences of this one on the ludology podcast so you know i think i think this is a topic that will come up if you haven't checked out our in-depth gaming discussions of game mechanics and game history and all sorts of other goofy stuff if you're interested in the behind the scenes of games and game design i hope you'll give us a listen over there on ludology and if you are alan moon and you're listening to this please email me i would love to talk with you there on ludology if you know alan moon say you live next to him um let him know that you would love to hear him on the Ludology podcast. And be sure to check out the other great shows there on the Dice Tower Network. Interviews with Michael on the Little Metal Dog Show. Be sure to listen to Michael's top podcast, the Little Metal Dog Show. Good show, that, with a cracking good host, Michael Fox. Nice work with your fake English accent, sir. Oh, thanks, Timmy. 
You're welcome. Tally-ho. Or game discussions on onboard games. This is onboard games with Donald Dennis. And I'm a pirate. Arr. All right, so I, it looks like things have finally settled down here. We are right away in the, in position for takeoff. So uh, I think I'm finally going to make it to Minnesota for my summer visit, and I'll be on my way. So all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for listening. This has been Ryan Sturm of the How to Play Podcast. One, two, three, four. This has been Ryan Stern for the How to Play Podcast. How to Play is written, recorded, edited, produced, promoted, and financed by Ryan Stern. How to Play is not affiliated with any game vendor or game company. If you like How to Play Podcast, I count on you to support it. You can help out by joining and participating in the guild, donating financially to the show, writing reviews or rating the show on iTunes, help talk up the show in your game group or on the forums at BoardGameGeek. We have no contests, no gimmicks, no advertisements, no plugs to game websites or companies. All of the show's content is free of all bias, save for one, my own, and that is due to your own continuing support. Please consider supporting the show in some way today. I love to hear feedback from you, and I can be contacted through our discussion forum on the guild at BoardGameGeek, or I can be emailed at howtoplaypodcast at msn.com. This podcast home on the web is www.howtoplaypodcast.com. Thanks again, everybody, and until next time, I hope you will learn, teach, and play great games. Thanks for listening. The How to Play Podcast is part of the Dice Tower Network, the premier board gaming media network, featuring Ludology and the flagship podcast, The Dice Tower. For more information on these shows and much more, please visit www.thedicetower.com. Bye now. See you later. Yeah, yeah, thanks for nothing. Well, hello! Hi. I'm Captain Smiling Jack. You know why they call me Smiling Jack? Is it because you smile a lot? Can't get nothing by you. Can I treat you to a fine meal at Chili's Express?